Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. How's everyone doing on this Monday, February 5th, 2024? 44 degrees and sunny outside. Beautiful time of year. Beautiful day for this time of year. More like it. And it's 3.09 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. How's everybody doing on this Monday? How was your weekend? Hopefully you got some things done. We were out and about, did some shopping, and uh, thankfully I go to Sam's Club Supervised because every time we go there for our, you know, once a month bulk shopping spree, it's just that. And and it does cost. It does cost indeed. But it was uh, good to get out and about. We did some other things. I was at the the Viewmont Mall for the first time in a long time, and man, this place has changed. It was uh, interesting to say the least. Interesting to say the least. Um, but it was nice to get out. It was a nice day. Uh, we walked that whole area, you know, did some home goods. I was in that new Dick's for the first time. Shows you how much I go out and about shopping, right? How long has it been open now? And then, uh, you know, did our, did our walk through the mall. We had to stop in one of the stores uh, in the mall to pick some stuff up. Walked back and uh, got out of there, got home, got back to my uh, my little fortress up in uh, northern Lackawanna County. But hopefully you got out and about and did some things. It was nice to see the sun this uh, weekend. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, some things happening today. We're going to talk about uh, some local issues like we always do. We have the breaking news that uh, Prince Charles has some form of cancer, and they're not really stating what. And that's leaving more speculation than than uh, clarifying anything. So I really don't know what the reasoning is to let it out, or maybe they just couldn't contain it. It was already getting out. But the fact they're not specifying what it is and what, what uh, the plan is is just leaving more and more people, you know, wish him the best. You know, he's a human just like the rest of us. And usually when... Uh, Usually when statements like this come out, when information like this comes out, it's okay. Uh, you know, this, it was detected. It was detected early. There's a treatment plan or, you know, we expect a full recovery type thing. But uh, that's not the case uh, here. So is it more than they're letting on? Is it advanced to where there's a... There's no easy plan in route. I mean, it says he's postponing his public duties. And again, it's it's his private medical battle. I, I get that. Even even though he's the king now, King Charles. Did I say prince? Still King Charles. Um, even though he is the king, you know, he, he's really not the operational government of England. So... Uh, and the fact that uh, they're saying now that Prince Harry will be traveling to see his father leads speculation, is this worse than they're letting on? And again, usually when something like this is put out to the public, it's, you know, we expect a full recovery. There's a treatment plan in place. It's already begun, you know, and, and 
X, Y, and Z. That That's not the case here. And the, the fact that they're not even disclosing the type of cancer it is um, is leading a lot since since I saw this broke break a, a couple hours ago to, to truly think that it may be more dire than they're letting on. But regardless of that, that's the breaking news. King Charles has some form of cancer and is postponing his public duties. Prince Harry is now, it's being reported, I'm watching now as we speak, will be traveling to see his father. And again, that doesn't mean anything's dire. It just means, you know, if you find out your father has cancer, the right thing to do is to go visit him in person, uh, regardless of whatever differences or squabbles there may be when something like this happens, you put that aside. So so I, we'll see this through, and, you know, the royal family has has our thoughts and prayers to, as he fights through this. You never want to see anyone suffer through cancer. I don't care who you are. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say who you are. But that's the breaking news we see as of right now. We're also probably going to get into a little later that, you know, as of Friday, we were striking the targets in the Middle East. And it didn't seem to do much because uh, U.S. assets were attacked three more times between then and now. And we've continued strikes. There's been multiple strikes on active missile sites that have been targeting us. But there's also been intercepts where they have tried to fire missiles again. And there was... uh, Kurdish fighters were killed in a drone attack in a Syria's base that also houses U.S. troops. We're going to talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. So obviously they didn't get the message. So what's the next step? Uh, We shall see. But obviously... Sending B-2 bombers across the world because they originated on the west coast of the United States, flew to the east coast, had a stopover, flew from the east coast to the Middle East, did their bombing, and flew back. And uh, on their way back, returning to the east coast, that convoy of not only B-2 bombers but the K-135 fuel tankers, their their refueling tankers, went by the name of Cost 1-1, was the lead aircraft. Now, when, when a military convoy like that is flying, a lot of time only the lead aircraft has a transponder. Not every, uh, not all the aircrafts involved, especially when you fly in formation or there's multiple military aircraft like that. It's not uncommon for them, just the lead, to have the radio call sign and uh, transponder public. But Cost 1-1, so... I posted that. I posted the the transmission when they came over. And speaking through my military, you know, connections that I have, uh, that was very purposeful. Cost one one. The cost of when you attack a, a U.S. service member is going to be uh, a response of multiple B one bombers. There were uh, warhogs. One ten warhogs were also involved with this. F sixteens. F-18s and uh, the E-18 Growlers flew electronic cover. So uh, we'll see. But obviously the the terrorist organizations backed by Iran and Iran itself did not get the message. And not only that, they're, they're continuing their threats now. They're saying, well, now that we escalated it, they're going to respond in kind. So we'll see what happens there. So this story where a consultant hired by Lackawanna County 
child protection fix will take time. We didn't expect it to happen overnight. But uh, the consultant that was hired to upgrade its embattled child protection agency won't just write a report with a bunch of recommendations she's staying. We're going to fix this as we go. She said, a consultant and former child protection caseworker for York County decades ago and state secretary of human services for two years under Governor Tom, Tom Corbett. Now I said to the commissioners, if you want a weekly report, sir, I'll give you whatever you need, but I'm also going to write a report, but I'm not going to write a report of what I think is wrong and hand it to him six months from now. That doesn't do them any good. In an interview uh, late last week with the Times Tribune, she talked about the county's Office of Youth and Family Services Agency struggling to attract quality caseworkers, its need for a leader dedicated solely to its mission, and the need for a collaboration among staff, police, and the district attorney's office, and other social service agencies to protect children. The county will pay her $10,000 a month for six months, with an option for six more months, the state will reimburse 80% of that. The agency's problems burst into the public eye in June, and we've talked about it here, when the State Department downgraded its license from full to provisional. And then Scranton Police and County Detectives charged two caseworkers, two casework supervisors, and a retired caseworker with endangering the welfare of children. Arrest affidavit said that uh, staffers allowed children to remain in sometimes abusive and often squalid conditions and sometimes without proper food and medical care. Those charges have since been dismissed by Judge James Gibson on January 12th, accepting the defense argument that caseworkers are immune from criminal prosecution while performing their duties. Just attorney Mark Powell called the judge's ruling wrong and filed a Notice to appeal with the state superior court since then. In the meantime, the active workers still remain on paid administrative leave. The county, as we recall, also play, paid uh, $10,000 each to their defense funds. Looking at the story here. Former Commissioner Jerry Notariani, who left office January 2nd, declared the police investigation was absolutely nothing, over absolutely nothing, and praised the agency as the model for the state. Shows how good his judgment was, I guess. In his response uh, to State Department of Health Services criticism, County Health and Human Service Director William Browning Former County Health and Human Services Director William Browning blamed most of the problem on staffing shortages worsened by police investigation, which he labeled this seemingly biased investigation and ethically challenged and legally questionable. We know last uh, week the Board of Commissioners, led by Billy Gahan and Matt McGloin, fired Browning on January 24th, cited a need for, diff needed for a different direction. And culture. Now, the current consultant 
that they have said they need someone who just needs to focus on child and youth family services and that by also throwing in a new department of health and everything else caused issue with the problem caused caused the problem to exacerbate she also echoed echoed browning in one way saying the need to add more caseworkers so she's going to institute ways and training to get more people in so we look forward to seeing this agency change in a different direction go in a different direction like i said we are paying $10,000 a month for six months for this consultant who has done good things in other areas that she's been hired to fix and address. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Wish her the best because we wish the best for our children in Lackawanna County. And I'm sure this won't be the end of we, the end of what we're hearing, but just yet the start. But the... Ridding that agency of its toxic leadership and toxic environment, I'm sure, is number one on her list. And we'll see. It's uh, 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 44 degrees and sunny at 325. Here at WILK News Radio. Uh, it's funny. It already comes out. Shopping at Sam's? What happened to shopping local? Well, like I said, it was the monthly bulk trip. So uh, people will find anything to complain about, I guess. It's um, Josh Shapiro's budget is expected to address uh, the court ruling on school funding. The legal team behind the successful challenge of Pennsylvania's school funding system is optimistic that Governor Josh Shapiro will present a plan on his budget to address his budget address on Tuesday to adequately fund schools. We are hopeful that the governor will lay out the vision of a transformed educational system. One of the attorneys for the plaintiffs. Uh, we all believe that the budget address will line up with what his team voted for on the Basic Education Funding Commission. Also very critical is the long-term plan that'll get it done. We can no longer think about this a single-year budget fight. We have to have the bigger vision, which the commission laid out. Now, the Basic Education Funding Commission voted 8 to 7 on January 11th to approve a report that recommends increasing state funding to school districts by more than $5 billion over seven years to adequately fund all school districts in the state. Democrats and three members of Shapiro's administration on the commission voted in favor, while Republicans and one Democrat voted against. The commission is proposing a 13.6% increase in basic education funding, a total addition of $1.07 billion to school districts in the 2024-25 year. Luzerne County school districts would see a 24% increase of $57 million. It would be a 19.4% increase of $27 billion in Lackawanna County districts, a 
increase of nearly 15 million in Schuylkill County and 19.4% increase in nearly 7.6 million in Carbon County. The largest increase in basic education funding from the counties would go to Hazleton area with a 31.6% increase of nearly 20.4 million. Scranton, a 25% increase of 17.7 million. And the Wilkes-Barre area, a 32% increase of nearly 15.4 million. Inherent in the commission report, which states says it's going to take seven years to fix, is the understanding that schools will continue to be underfunded in year two, in year three, in year four, in year five. So what we need to hear is a commitment and a plan to get us to the end point. We're hopeful the governor has talked a lot about understanding of enacting and enact a long-term plan. Is throwing money at this the only option, or does this need to be more holistic? Does this need to be more of a a change on what's going on? Because we've seen the lowest test scores than we've seen since the 70s in recent years. Now, we can only keep blaming COVID so much, although I think we could all admit that it was a severe body blow to education, especially younger children. But we've seen time and time again simply throwing money at things. I believe the average cost where it's supposed to be is around $13,500 per year in Pennsylvania. That That's the, yeah. The commission report says 387 of the 500 school districts in the state, 77% have an adequacy gap because they spend below the 13,704 per weight student and the total 5.4 billion adequacy gap is nearly 18% of the school district's expenditure in 21-22. So they should be at $13,704 per student. That's and they're saying 387 of the 500 school districts are below that. We've also seen school districts such as Baltimore and other areas that spend almost double that and have worse results. So is throwing money at the system the only answer? Or does it just give school board school boards across the area a reason to spend money elsewhere? Well, we have this extra $20 million, let's do this. We have this now. Let's get a new stadium. Let's get a turf on our track. It, and not saying that those things aren't good in a, in a holistic approach. Extracurricular activities are excellent for a students, making them well-rounded. And it's proven that students who take part in extracurricular activities do do better in their academics. But I'm cautious about simply throwing money at a situation. So tomorrow is the governor's budget address. We'll see if he addresses this. We'll see how he addresses this. If you remember, one of his promises were for uh, school choice vouchers. And that kind of went by the wayside once he was elected. Let's see if he continues on that as well. To his own party support detriment. But again, they've been proven to work. So why not try it? Why not put a test case out there and see the results to compare to see if throwing money at things is the answer or maybe competition.
maybe choice. It's coming up on 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio on this Monday, February 5th, 2024. 44 degrees and sunny. If you can get some of that sun in before you uh, before it goes down or you head inside, get some sun. It uh, really made it pleasant outside, to be honest with you. This time of year, 44 and sunny, I'll take it. It's uh, 3.37 here. Well, it looks like a lot of places are rethinking that self-checkout. They call it self-checkout fatigue. I, I utterly hate it. Um, not that I'm a fan of interacting with a lot of people, but I, I'm sorry. I don't want to scan, bag, and do everything to my own groceries. Just me. And, and that not just grocery store. That's anywhere. And it, it, it seems to be growing among grocery shoppers, and some places are going away from it. One of the co-owners of Garrity's, which operates 10 supermarkets throughout Lackawanna, Luzerne, and Hampton, Northampton counties, noted while self-checkout improves traffic flow, some customers cherish connecting with the cashier. It gives it a more personal interaction at the register, he said. It just makes sense that having a cashier checkout customers is going to foster a bond. Recent studies conducted by researchers at Drexel University in Philadelphia found customers are more likely to remain loyal to grocery stores using regular checkout service. As uh, self-checkouts have become more prevalent among retailers, big and small, Garrity strives to maintain a good balance between people and machines. And when you dive into the study, it's just that. If you have your local grocery store, if you have your local store, and grocery store is more like it. That's what we more deal with. But even our, our local hardware stores and such, the smaller ones, not the big box stores that, that I like to go to, closer to my home, they're more neighborhood oriented. Maybe things cost a little more, but not really. Not when you factor in everything else that you're putting into it, especially with the price of gas still over um, $3 a gallon. You know, just traveling 20 minutes there and back to go to a big box store. You know, if you factor that in, you know, for those couple of bucks, it's about the same. But I enjoy that interaction. People I know from my community, people whose parents I know and I'm dealing with their teenage kids now who are working their full-time job, that interaction is good for them too. We, we seem to forget about that part. We look at the bottom line. You know, what does it cost for an employee? You know, is it faster for me to scan my own groceries to get out the door? And again, looking at it as a whole, that interaction with these, a lot of times young teens or older people in our community that are taking these jobs now, I've seen a lot of that in the, you know, I was at uh, Tractor Supply just the other day, and that's who I was dealing with, the register, real nice, sweet lady. But that interaction does a lot for them, teenagers and and the elderly, the older people who are out there working again. it helps them. It, it gives them the interaction that they're looking for, the, not just uh, um, making whatever they're making per hour, but that, that community interaction, that back and forth, that, that kindness that we can instill out there. And especially teens, you know, talking to people about, hey, you know, how's school going? How's sports going? You know, the conversation where we've seen our kids, our teenagers especially, buried in their little smartphone, those conversations, those 
one-to-one interactions are good for them. Um, you know, maybe they spark up a conversation, you know, how are you doing? What do you do? And you're able to talk to them about things like that. It's just, uh, it goes to show that it, it's not just about dollars and cents. That interaction is good for teenagers. Maybe they find a mentor. Maybe they find someone, hey, you know, I, I, I knew your son or daughter. Are you still doing anything in this line of work or anything like that? I was thinking of doing that. You know how many times in my community I have people who knew my kids who are saying, hey, you know, I'm going to school for criminal justice. What would be the best route for this or this? And, and, and you could get into that. We'll stay out of trouble, you know, don't get involved with the group thing and, you know, try to try to keep yourself into your studies. But sports, team environment are good. Um, you know, with two kids going to a service academy, I get questions all the time about that route. You know, how do I get a nomination for a service academy? Hey, I'm thinking about joining the Army or joining the Navy. You know, what's the best route to do that? Are you interested in college? Are you not interested in college? Do you just want to enlist and go to the right out of high school? Or maybe do you want to do an ROTC or a, uh, an OCS type thing where you can have them help pay for college or apply for the academy? And here's the ways to do that. A lot of that stems from an interaction at the, the counter at a grocery store where they're, they're bagging your bread and milk while you're taking a quick stop for that week to get your stuff. So I think we discount those interactions as well when we look at this self-scanning and everything like that. I enjoy talking to the teenagers in my community. I think it's good for them to talk to the adults in their community, their peers, um, to see people they may not want to emulate like or they do want to emulate like, hey, you know, this family comes in and goes shopping. I, I, want, I want that one day. I want a family like that. Or you have the grumpy old guy, sometimes like I am, or, or that, that they like, hey, I don't want to be like that when I get older. But I see that as one of the lost things when it comes to something like this, that interaction, be it you know someone who's older who's working again to get back out in the community and do something, those conversations, giving them something to do giving you something to look forward to, and teens. So those are just my two cents when it comes to that, something that's really overlooked in this study. It really didn't get into it. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 44 degrees and sunny at 340, almost 346 here. Well, some Americans have become saddled with credit card debt as rent and everyday prices remain high. While the U.S. economy is broadly healthy, pockets of Americans have run through their savings and rip up their credit card balance and run up. <laughs> rip up. I, I hope you. I wish you rip up your credit card balances. After you pay them, get rid of those cards. You don't need them. Use them as little as possible. Run up their credit card balances after battling inflation for almost for more than two years. Experts worry that uh, members of those groups, and those groups are us, by the way, mostly lower and middle income Americans who tend to be renters, are falling behind on their debts and could face further deterioration of their financial health in the year ahead, particularly those who have recently resumed paying off student loans. The U.S. economy is currently performing better than most forecasters expected a year ago, thanks in part to resilient consumer. However... More recently, that spending has increased being financed by credit cards. There's a large portion of this economy that is being artificially inflated via debt, credit cards. 
freeing up money so you can pay your rent, so you can pay your student loans. You're putting more and more on credit cards. When you're buying stuff, you're putting them on store cards, and they're seeing this hit its highest levels in a long time. Americans held more than $1.05 trillion on their credit cards in the third quarter of 2023, a record, and a figure certainly to grow once uh, the fourth quarter data is released by the Federal Deposit Insurance Company next month. A recent report on credit rating companies Moody's showed that credit card delinquency rates and charge-off rates, or the percent of loan that the bank believes will never be repaid, are now well above their 2019 levels and are expected to keep climbing. Climbing. These worrisome metrics coincide with the average interest rate on bank credit cards of roughly 21.5%, the highest it's been since the Federal Reserve started tracking the data in 1994. Overall, the consumer is credit healthy. However, the reality is that there are starting to be some significant signs of stress. More analysts of Americans' financial health tend to tell a tale of two consumers. On one side are roughly two-thirds of Americans who own their home and those who have invested in stock market and done substantially well. They generally had the savings cushion necessary to weather high inflation. Delinquency rates on single-family homes remain near historic lows. The home prices have continued to climb, so you have that cushion. For the rest of America, things are looking rough. You have these noticeable pockets of consumers, mostly middle and lower income, renters who have not benefited from the wealth effect or higher housing prices and stock prices, who are feeling financial stress and that are driving up the delinquency levels. They've been hit very hard by inflation, Senior Vice President Moody said in an interview. Consumers' financial health could play a big role in 2024 election. President Joe Biden's running in part on his efforts to bring down the cost of U.S. families. Republicans counter that Biden is to blame for the higher costs in the first place. At Synchrony Bank, the largest issuer of retail co-brand credit cards, the charge-off rate jumped from 3.5 to 5.6 in a year. Meanwhile, roughly 4.7 of customers are 30 days or more behind on their bills, which is also up from a year ago. Discover's customers are carrying $102 billion in balances on their credit cards, up 13% from a year ago. Meanwhile, the charge-off rates from a 30-day delinquency rates have climbed. Executives say that they can impact of inflation. Think about a customer that makes $50,000 a year. When inflation outpaces wage growth, they're making choices in terms of what they're going to spend, what bill they're going to pay, and what they're going to frankly put on their table. Inflation peaked at 9.1 in June 2022 and is now significant, slightly above 3%. But the cost of many goods and services remains elevated. A loaf of bread that cost $1.54 in December of 2020 cost two oh two at the end of last year. A gallon of gas has risen from the average of 217 to 329 in the same time frame, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Renters in particular have felt the pinch. The medium rent for a property with up to two bedrooms has jumped from 1400 in the end of 2020 to 1700 the end of last year, according to Realtor.com. 
So be careful of the uh, those credit cards. I, I've said it time and time again. It's hard. But try not to use them as much as possible. Try to phase them out. There's plenty of programs out there. There's plenty of advice. There's plenty of people that specialize in this. And there's there's different ways of thought. There is thought in the investor's world that debt is good. If you take on debt and you're making money off of it, they say debt is good. And then there's the Ramsey where you want to get rid of all your debt. You don't want any debt. And I understand both. I, I fall more into I don't want any debt. But there's some debt that is unavoidable and, and is okay. Like, I, I figure I, I live mostly with zero debt. That That's just the way I like things. That's the way I feel comfortable. I do have cars, though. And those cars do have debt, but they're minimal debt. 1.9% interest. I think one is 0.9% interest. So you're basically getting that money for very cost-effective means. It's almost free money at 0.9%, even 1.9%. Once you start getting above 3%, you're kind of okay there. I mean, I just took out a a 12-month CD, and this is investment-wise, making over 5%. So if you do have the extra money sitting around, there's a great way to have your money work for you, very safe way. It's not in the stock market. You're not risking it. It's guaranteed, but above 5% for a 12-month CD is very good. So you have to make that money work for you. But once you get behind this credit card debt, and we know how it works, yeah, they'll start out with that 9.9% interest or 0% for a year or two. Do they even do that anymore if you transfer your balances over? And then you're up to the 21% average, or you miss a payment if you're late on a payment. A lot of times there's the clause in there where it jumps up to the maximum. And some of the maximums I've seen are as high as almost 30%, especially on your store cards. With the holidays, you know, a lot of people are still recovering from the holidays where they did put a lot of things on credit cards. Make it your focus. If you're not, and I don't care if you're living at home and you're, you're a teenager that's working. If you're not making a monthly budget, you need to start. And I'm far from a financial advisor or expert, but it's it's very simple spreadsheets. How much do you have coming in? What are your expenses? And figure it out. And if you're, what you're paying out is more than you're taking in, then you have to start figuring out what do we need to cut? How do we live? And it's a fact that you will live up to the meet your means. So if you if they increase your salary tomorrow. By $500 a month, within three to six months, you are living like that's your normal life. Where it should be, hey, I'm making three to $500 more a month. Let's save that. Let's do something with that. It's very easy to fall into, well, this is just our standard of living now. This is what we do. We go out to dinner once or twice a month. We do these things. Don't fall into that habit. Put that money away. You can do greater things with it later instead of just getting into debt and spending it now. It's uh, 3.55 here at WILK. Time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can tell Jake got some NASCAR in this weekend. He's all riled up trying to get me, trying to get me going. Huh? 
Well, it, uh, on its face value, you see this and you're like, oh, oh my. Uh, the suspect in uh, the Barron murder case, so the statements are will be tossed out. And it's some of the statements. Prosecutors can't use Justin Schubach's statements to police at his upcoming trial for the 2017 murder of Old Forge restaurant owner Robert Barron. But it's only certain statements, and he already incriminated himself after he in, instituted his right to an attorney. So basically, it should have no adverse effect on the case when you read through it. After everything was said and done, he said that he should have an attorney. And then reiterated some things after that. So it's the things after that that are inadmissible. The things before that were the same things that he admitted to uh, are admissible. So it shouldn't have an effect on the uh, the trial as we move forward. Four o'clock here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back. If-